Hello and welcome to this week's of Photographic Life. Now, over the last weeks I've made daily soup, I've made soda bread, flapjacks, painted the garden furniture, planted up the vegetable patch, trimmed the hedges, homeschooled my daughter, established a daily cycling route and welcomed my wife into the shed where she now edits and runs uh, an international interiors magazine. Times have changed, haven't they? But uh, during this uh, period, I've been trying to stay as positive as possible, as well as all of that other stuff. I've been uh, working on some new projects and some new ideas. And I suppose really kind of, as I've said in previous podcasts, trying to reassess where we are. Also having a number of conversations with people uh, online about that. Uh, during that time, I've also kept an eye on uh, the UN of Photo Twitter, keeping an eye, I suppose, on what's going on out there and what you're all doing and what opportunities exist for us. Uh, there's lots of online free portfolio reviews being offered by photographers and by um, various kind of associations, I suppose. Uh, different kinds of setups are offering them, and that's great to see. Uh, something that I've talked about, that it was possible for years. Now it's taken a pandemic to make it happen. Uh, I cannot see those people then being able to turn around and charge for the same thing when we return to normal. Films and exhibitions are being made available for free online. And all of this stuff I'm promoting through the UN of Photo Twitter feed. So if you do feel that you're listening to this podcast but are not aware of all those different kinds of initiatives going on, do follow us on UN of Photo. And meanwhile, people are losing their jobs and they're losing their incomes. Uh, galleries are making their exhibitions available online, but at the same time, they're laying off staff. This is all very worrying and very troubling, obviously. And I suppose really where I am is is kind of... I'm, I'm trying to find a balance here and I think that's where we're going to need to be going forward. I really do think it's great that lots of stuff is being made available for free. But at the same time, I'm not uh, sitting here in the shed saying that nobody should earn an income in the future. This isn't a communist kind of approach to where we are. Of course, people need to be paid for what they're doing. But there needs to be a balance. And maybe we're going to come out of this situation with a little bit of a balance. I hope so. Uh, I've also been reading uh, the latest Thames and Hudson book, uh, The Curator's Handbook, which, uh, which is all about staging exhibitions and how to set them up, which I suppose seems a little strange and, and perhaps irrelevant in the current climate. But um, it certainly feels, when you're reading about how you invite people and so forth, it, it seems a little bit, well, we will be doing that, won't we? And of course we will. And so when things do return back to normal, then uh, I'm hoping to be informed having read that book. I've also purchased uh, the latest Joel Meyerowitz, um book. I say latest, I think it's probably been out for a while. Um, but it's, anyway, it's a photography book for children. And I've really been enjoying and um, going on cycle rides in the mornings with my daughter. And then we stop off and she takes some pictures and so forth. Um, and so that's been a positive. So... I am in a very fortunate position um, in that I live in an area whereby it's very easy to keep social distance from people. 
and to get out and about. Um, and I'm also lucky, hopefully, um, to not have too many financial worries at the moment. But I am trying to make the, the best out of all of this stuff. One of the things that comes out of this that I've also been thinking about and talking about, actually, and talking about with my wife, who's involved in the magazine world, is subscription, subscribing. And perhaps subscribing could be the new future. I saw the other day that novelist and investigative journalist Matt Taibbi made an announcement that he was now using the San Francisco-based online platform Substack for future writing and asking for people to subscribe directly to read what he has to say. I think it's about $40 a year. Um, and this is rather than um, buying Rolling Stone magazine, whom he used to write for. And I suppose what he's saying there is, and, and again, this kind of goes back to a previous podcast, he's looking to take control of his own kind of agenda rather than having to wait around to get paid or get, wait around to get commissioned He's kind of got value. He feels he has value in what he's got to say and that he's looking people to pay for that directly. I suppose in a way to cut out the middle man. Well, where does, where does that leave magazines? You know, a lot of photographers over the years have relied upon magazines to give them that income. Uh, will they exist in the future when we're going through this period now where you can't just go out and buy a magazine in a newsstand or... Uh, in a shop and obviously people magazines are not commissioning photographers because those photographers can't go out and shoot those stories i think they will uh, exist i think there'll be a cull i think a lot of them will close very sadly but i think the ones that will survive will be those ones which have got a strong subscription base and uh, that really i suppose feeds into the idea of specializations People have a tendency to subscribe to a magazine if it connects directly with their passions or their interests. And I suppose that ties in with what Matt's saying there, which is, if, I, if you're interested in what I say and, and what I write, maybe you'd like to pay me for that directly. So that's on the Substack. You know, this podcast I set up as a, a Patreon page as well, and I get a small income coming from that every every month. Not a lot of money, because I don't work very hard at, uh, at making that Patreon work for me. I'm kind of too busy with other stuff. But, you know, maybe, again, that's something else that could be considered. So I suppose where we are this week is thinking about that idea of people paying you directly for stuff thinking about that new model that model of subscription it ties in with photo books doesn't it self-publishing to selling of prints directly to the user all of this is about taking control of our own future and it's probably a good idea at the minute i don't think there's any photographer that i recommend more to student photographers to check out than helen van mean Therefore, it's fantastic to have Helen uh, contributing to this week's What Does Photography Mean to You? If you don't know Helen's work, uh, she was born in the Netherlands in 1972. Her mother gave her a camera at age 15, and she began taking photographs at age 16 of her friends, which developed into her continuing focus on adolescent girls in old houses in her hometown of Alkmaar as part of her professional practice. Van Meen studied fine art at the uh, Rijtveld Academy in Amsterdam, 
and spent a brief period in 1995 at the Edinburgh College of Art. Five years out of art school and she was listed in 2001 for the Citibank Photography Prize and signed with New York's Matthew Marks Gallery. As her work gained recognition, she expanded her subject matter and spent time working in England, Russia, Latvia, the United States and Japan. Van Meen's work has been exhibited internationally, including in the Van Gogh Museum in Amsterdam, the Museum of Contemporary Photography Chicago, the Photographer's Gallery London and the Art Institute of Chicago. Her work is held in the collections of major museums worldwide, including the Guggenheim in New York, the Stechelik Museum in Amsterdam, the Victoria and Albert in London, the Art Institute of Chicago and the San Francisco Museum of Modern Art. Five monographs of her work have been published. Helen Van Meen, The Years Shall Run Like Rabbits in 2015, Helen Van Meen Japan series in 2002, Helen Van Meen Portraits in 2004, Helen Van Meen New Work in 2006, and Helen Van Meen Tout va Disparatre, I hope I said that correctly, probably didn't, in 2009. She lives and works in Halu in the Netherlands and is represented by galleries in London, New York and Tokyo. What does photography mean to me by Helen van Meenen? For me, it's my way of expressing my feelings, emotions and ideas through making photographs. Working with photography is a fast way to connect very quickly with, with your subject like persons or animals or whatever I feel like doing so. For me, the loveliest way of making photographs is that when you meet a stranger in the street and by whatever reason I felt connected with that person, I will try and find a way to make a beautiful photo of that person. Sometimes I try and find a location that's close to where I find this beautiful model and sometimes I have a new location that I already have researched before the shoot and I try and find... Uh, a model that fits that profile. So when I have an old house, I'm looking for someone um, that I think is appropriate for that wallpaper in that old house or the light and everything. And so you have different ways of communicating. It's either by finding a location first or response on the spot where you find someone. So it, it can be two ways up. But for me, making photographs is, is the best thing to, to do because I so love making photographs, especially that when I've got something in my mind and you wait for the beautiful light and the model is in front of you and then you see that is something is, is growing, you see that the model is getting more secure, you see that the beauty is coming out of that person. Because most time when you ask someone who is unfamiliar with being a model, then it's very nice to see when that person is agreeing to be my, my model is, is really opening up like a flower in front of the camera. That's why I love to work with unprofessionals because then there is something for me to, to try things out, something that I can have my input in it. When you work with professional models, then there's not so much to, to gain for me. I love it to... to to, to get into the emotions of the new person in front of me, the, the, the person that's not knowing 
uh, and doesn't realize how beautiful that person is and, and it's just me who's taking it out of it and that's a wonderful communication and by making photographs it's for me a fast way of communicate as well because when you do a painting well maybe people can paint in 20 minutes of course but to have this precise feeling of the light and everything I love photography so much it's a fast way of of getting to the point in in what I would like to show so for me it's a perfect um, perfect uh, attribute actually to uh, to make my photographs and um, and therefore I also really like to work with daylight because daylight is a way to um, see and respond straight on the model when the light is touching the face or the hair or the background and it's a nice way to respond straight away when you see it so that's why I don't really like working in studio everything is already fixed up and there's no spontaneous other solution possible because the setup of the light is already fixed and I love to be outside or inside where just the light comes in and out and you have to think quickly of, of what's the best way to have your model pose um, for and that's what I, I like so the, 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 the quickness of the, the daylight the changing of it and the materials is for me the best way of um, communicating with my subjects and the ideas I have in my mind so yes photography is really my way of my language of translating my ideas to the audience who is willing to see my photographs thank you thank you Helen there for your contribution this week one it's interesting that she spoke so often there about light and particularly daylight and um I think her work is so beautiful uh, in its use of light and it's one of the reasons why I recommend it to so many young photographers is to look at how she works with the light. Her work, if you're not aware of it, do check her out. As I often say, check out the photographer's work that we feature. But um, if you're not aware of it, it it has a a painterly quality to it, a a very kind of North European coldness of light, which, which is incredibly beautiful. But they are kind of painterly to my eye. And which which raises an interesting kind of discussion, I suppose. I had the other day, I was involved in uh, uh, judging a photographic competition. It was a no-fee-for-entry um, competition. Uh, I'm not usually involved in those kinds of competitions, but this time, because it, it was such, such a good cause, I agreed to do it. Anyway, we were looking at, at the work, and there were a couple of people involved judging who didn't come from a photographic background. And when we came to two of the particular images that I felt were really strong and really worthy of being um, awarded a, a prize or at least being commended, one of them was very, very painterly in its use of light and composition. And I use this as a, as a, um, as a positive. Whereas I, one of the other judges said to me, well, but that's a problem. It shouldn't look like a painting. It should look like a photograph. And I said, well, it is a photograph. There's no post-production being used here. Everything that's being created is with natural light and just an awareness of that light. Anyway, unfortunately, I couldn't argue my case on that one, um, as everybody else, also from a non-photographic background, the other judges just couldn't see where I was coming from with that. The other image um, was a very cinematic image, and I felt it was full of kind of tension, And I raised the point again that it felt to me 
like a still from a film and it had an incredible narrative within it as well as a real understanding of of composition again i was met with um a, a complete lack of understanding of what i was saying the fact that i described it as a film still or at least a sense of narrative that cinematic quality was seen as a reason not to choose the uh, image by my fellow uh, judges it was very much seen as a uh, well it's just a film still it isn't a photograph and this raises so many issues doesn't it around the idea of perception as to what a photograph is again recently i saw a, a thread on uh, twitter people talking about the use of a camera and how much importance should be placed on which camera which lens and so forth are being used um to understand that photograph and were these primary questions or secondary questions or questions that shouldn't have been asked at all it really made me stop and think that you know when we're looking at photography and we're coming from a point of not expertise but knowledge and experience we're looking at photography with that kind of background that visual library that's informing it there was one particular image and to me it just spoke of chris killop's work of coal miners and the sea coal miners and of course by referencing that i would may have well have been speaking in a completely different foreign language to my fellow judges anyway that's uh, that's perhaps a discussion for another podcast but maybe it was something you want to try out with some people and that idea of what is the perception what is the expectation of what a photograph is well i know that we're certainly not living in times that anybody would expect or could describe as being normal but we're going to keep working our way through this aren't we we're going to stay positive and uh, we're going to do our best some days not going to feel so great hopefully they balance out with the ones where you feel as if you are moving forward but as i've always said and i've said for the last year or so the most important thing for me is always just to take care mm-hmm.